we've just been working on trying to finish it this year. You know what I mean? we got to stay hungry. This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Uh, in the NTL, every game is a battle every week, and uh, you can't take anybody lightly. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Uh, biggest thing I've told my kids this year is we just need to stay humble. You know what I mean? We've worked hard to get there, but we need to be humble about who we are, where we are, and we got to be hungry every game because every week is going to be a battle. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion. Here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, Northern Tier League sports fans, to another edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Shane Wilbur, glad to be with you here this week as we get ready to break down yet another fantastic Northern Tier League sports report here on the podcast this week. Of course, uh, some of the early audio you heard in the open here tonight, that was from Northern Tier League Football Media Day from back in July. Uh, some audio clips there from Coach Tyler Sechrist uh, about his upcoming season with the Canton Warriors. And man, if you listen to those words, my have they rung true as the Canton Warrior football team now gets ready for their District 4 championship action coming up on Friday night in Canton as they again will host the Muncie Indians for the second consecutive season. Muncie, of course, the defending District 4 football champions. Canton looking to take that crown from them, and that action will come up on Friday night at 7 o'clock. Also, this week here in the Northern Tier League Now podcast, uh, first off, want to congratulate uh, the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers and Canton Warrior Volleyball teams, district champions in Class A and Class AA, so big congratulations going out to them, and well, folks, uh, coming up here in just a little bit, you know what, we're going to talk with North Penn Liberty head coach Jennifer Nowry as she again will join the Northern Tier League Now podcast. We'll talk with her in uh, just a little bit and find out some of her reactions, not only uh, from their victory over the Holy Redeemer team in the state playoffs from the other night, but also uh, we'll talk to her about uh, what to expect now from this Liberty uh, team as they move forward into the state playoffs. But still, congratulations uh, going out to the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers and the Canton Warriors district champions and also state playoff wins as well as the Canton Warriors defeating Mount Calvary Christian. North Penn Liberty, as I just mentioned, defeating Holy Redeemer last night. So yes, that is on the horizon for you coming up here in the podcast. Also coming up in just a little while, I'm going to talk with my good friend and sports journalist savant Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette. Always look forward to talking with Mitch. So that will be coming up for you here in just a little while as well. We'll talk a little bit of District 4 football from last week and also get you set up and ready to go for what's on the horizon this week in District 4 football coverage as well. But let's not waste any time. Let's get this Northern Tier League Now podcast underway and up now here on the podcast. It gives me great pleasure to talk with head coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers. Coach Nowry, hey, it's only been a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, it's been uh, some good progress for the Lady Mountaineers since your last appearance here on the podcast. Oh, my, yes, it, it certainly has. These girls are, are still cruising along with their season. They are dominating on the court, and it's just, we're still going. We're doing great. 
Okay, Coach, now that the victory is in the bag, you can be honest. Uh, what was going through your mind yesterday on that bus ride to Athens? You know, kind of walk me through uh, everything that was kind of mentally just going through your mind as you get ready to face uh, what has been pretty much your nemesis uh, every time you've hit the state playoffs. Yeah. Well, I will say there were some nerves. There was some excitement. Um, we had done some research. You know, we've been um, watching Holy Redeemer. We've been looking at their record. We've been watching some um, some film that we found. Um, and the girls were confident. They were they were excited. They were cautiously optimistic, you know, going into that match. Um, they were just wound. They, they were excited from the moment we got on the bus and left Mansfield um, until we had dinner at you know, Applebee's on our way until we pulled in and, and we're watching the first match. They were just excited. And they carried it through all the way until the last point. Did you, in all of your dreams, expect that, you know, your team would win, but, you know, win in the fashion that you did? Like, I know you have the confidence, you know, that you are behind your girls. You know that they're expected to win and that you expect them to win anytime they step on the court. But would you imagine that uh, redemption would come in a sweep? I mean, you had to think Holy Redeemer was going to find a way to at least pull out a game in this matchup, right? Yeah, I was expecting a real tight head-to-head competition. Um, you know, Holy Redeemer has has quite the reputation of being a really strong uh, team. We were going into it knowing that we had to come out strong, that we had to, you know, kind of set that tone for the match. Um, I'll tell you, my girls played one of the best games of their season. They were pumped. <clears throat> All the way around, our, our passing was phenomenal. Uh, led by Charisma Grega in the back row. I think she had 21 digs last night. Um, and the passes were just, they were on point. They That allowed us to really set up our strong offense. Um, the girls were, you know, they were ready to kind of keep an eye on number 13, Olivia Moore, for Holy Redeemer, and they, they did. You know, they had some blocks against her. Lizzie Welch led the way with that with five blocks last night. Um you know, they were watching for her in the back row. We had planned some different ways that we could adjust our defense depending on where she was hitting from. So they came with it, and they played phenomenally. And I think, you know, maybe even took Holy Redeemer by surprise a little bit. So, so, um, so yeah, it, it was definitely not completely what I expected, but I was thrilled all the way through. So. Coach, this has been just the, the crazy whirlwind ride of a season. I mean, you know, like we said in the earlier edition of uh, your podcast time uh, back a couple weeks ago, you know, this team really is kind of been, you know, like the unknown to those who aren't in the fold with North Penn Liberty. And yet somehow this train just keeps on rolling right down the tracks. And what has it been like to see, you know, this whole team come together from the start of preseason camps to the workouts to now it's just all unraveling right here in your eyes. Yeah, and I feel like the girls are gaining momentum, and I feel like they're gaining confidence. And I think probably, you know, those first few weeks of open gyms in the summer, they didn't completely know, you know, how well they were going to work together and how well this team was going to come together. <clears throat> but I think, you know, over the season as they as they worked together, as they faced some challenges, as they made adjustments, as they started to kind of come into their own, I think they have gained such confidence um, in their in themselves and also in the team, you know, as a unit. So do you as a coach, do you like look back and say to yourself, okay, I knew at this particular moment that there was something special about this team? 
Yeah, so I think, you know, early in the season, I want to say about our third week, we faced off with Wellsboro for the first time. And I remember going into that match thinking, okay, this, this is going to tell us, you know, how we do tonight is going to kind of give us an idea of, you know, are, are we that good? Are we, you know, do we have work to do? Um, and they, you know, swept Wellsboro that first time. And I think that was, that was kind of the point where I thought, oh, wow, you know, we are as good as we think, <laughs> and this is going to be great. So, this is yeah. just. This is just so awesome to see, you know, this program from, you know, basically one of the smaller schools in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, obviously, like the senior class, I believe, is what, maybe just a shade over 40. And yet this uh, North Penn Liberty School just seems to churn out uh, such a great volleyball program, you know. And as you mentioned previously, you know, these girls really put in the effort. I I don't know if anybody really appreciates all the club time, as you said, that this team puts in. And now all of a sudden you're starting to really see the the fruits of the effort as uh, you know now you do have uh, a state victory under the belt and now these girls are basically playing as you said with a lot of confidence and really uh, just loose and fancy free because now you know it's kind of like all gravy after this yeah yeah I think you know they're just phenomenal players who love the sport and they have they have put in hours and years you know into the sport and a lot of times done it all together. They've been together for a lot of years, um, this group of girls. But, um, yeah, I mean, they are having a blast. They were so excited after that win last night. Some of the, the images out there, you know, caught that excitement. Um, it's just I'm, I'm so proud of them, but I'm so happy for them to have this experience as well. Now, what's the support been like from the school? I mean, I'm kind of scrolling through Twitter yesterday, and uh, I see, you know, all these uh, good luck posts. I see, you know, uh, you and the girls, you're on the bus. You've got this, you know, carefree attitude. You know, like you're just excited for this opportunity. But what's it been like, you know, just from the outside and the support and, you know, all the fans, the school and everything else? Right. So this is a consolidated sport. So it does draw um, girls from both of the high schools in our district from uh, North Penn Mansfield and North Penn Liberty. Um, so, you know, some of these girls actually go to a different high school than North Penn Liberty. Um, and so because of that, you know, we're, we're also spread across three small towns, which is Liberty, Gloss, and Mansfield. And I think because of that, we have a big fan base. Um, there's a lot of pride there, and there, there's support coming from all ends of this district. And I think that makes it so special for these girls, too. I think it's awesome, you know, not only yourselves, you know, the Lady Mountaineers, but also, uh, you know, the, the Canton Warriors, obviously. You know, you two uh, teams got to share the same gym and got to enjoy a state playoff win, you know, right there in the, in the same gym on the same night. And, you know, you both got to kind of exercise demons and make your way on to uh, the second round of the state playoffs. But, I mean, yeah. what, what's that say just about the league in general, you know, and the volleyball talent that we have? have right here in the northern tier yeah and and that was really sweet to see canton um win their match last night congratulations to them um and just to see the ntl you know represented in this way with such strong teams um it's just phenomenal it it shows a lot of hard work and dedication you know for these girls um it shows the level of commitment that they've made and um i just couldn't be more proud of of the league in general 
So, Coach, you know, up next, it's it's the quarterfinal round of the district, or excuse me, of the state playoffs now. I keep wanting to say district yeah. because I'm so excited, you know, <laughs> that you guys got the district championship under your belt, too. But, you know, also, you know, it's the state playoffs. It's a quarterfinal round. You've got a few days now to get ready for Panther Valley. You'll be on the road again uh, heading to uh, Shemokin coming up on Saturday. But, I mean, what's the preparation like now as you look forward towards your quarterfinal round matchup with Panther Valley? Yeah, so this is the point where we start to look for some information and we start to do our research and see what we can find out about um, Panther Valley. Um, you know, this evening after I'm, I'm finished talking with you, I do plan on watching some, some videos and um, seeing what information I can find. But ultimately, our girls, you know, they are so such a unit at this point in the season. They, you know, they know where to go on defense and they know how to adjust um, based on different types of hitters and offenses. So... Um, we'll go over a few of our, our adjustments, you know, at practice, but um, it's business as usual, so... Business as usual. I like the attitude, you know, not changing a thing, <laughs> just going right after it. But, uh, I mean, this is new territory for this uh, team. You know, usually it's been, Definitely. you know, how do we how do we get past Holy Redeemer? And now, you know, you're into the quarterfinal round. I mean, are, are you nervous a little bit, you know, that the team might find themselves a little bit deer in headlights just because, you know, this is uncharted water for them? Um. Yeah, so this is definitely, you know, uncharted for us. Um, you know, one of our goals this season, we said, if, you know, if we can cinch that, that district title, we want to beat Holy Redeemer. We want to make it past that first round in state. Um, and we've done that. So, but, you know, I think the girls are, are super excited. But, yeah, there is a bit of an unknown element there. Um, you know, we will be heading quite a distance this weekend to an area, of, at least that I haven't, you know, a school that I haven't been to. Um, and we'll be playing a team that we haven't played before. So there definitely is that element of, of the unknown, but we will prepare the best we can. We will, you know, try to, try to get some information on the team and, and, um, we'll come out swinging. I like that attitude, Coach. I, I can hear the positive uh, uh, elements just beaming through your voice there that uh, you are definitely ready for this. And you know what, Coach? It's your first year as well. You know, as the head coach of this team, you're kind of uh, yeah. taking this journey along with the girls too. I mean, seriously, I mean, what have you learned about yourself now as you head into this uh, state journey uh, with the playoffs? I mean, have things changed as far as, you know, your attitude on uh, practices and such? Or, you know, are you uh, just trying your best best to stay as calm as possible so um yeah I, I am kind of naturally a calm person and um but yeah my nerves are definitely something that i that, uh, that will be there this weekend um this is a, this is an exciting time and i think you know right along with the girls this season i've gained a little more confidence in myself as as the head coach um it has been a phenomenal season with a, a truly special group of girls um you know so you just can't ask for anything more than that so um, everything after this is icing on the cake, and you know we're really hoping for that win on Saturday and to keep rolling through next week. Coach, this has been a magical run for yourself, for the Lady Mountaineers, and uh, thank you so much uh, again for taking uh, another uh, evening of your time to uh, stop by and uh, join me here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's been uh, fun to kind of watch this journey unfold for you and the Lady Mounties. And as always, you know, best of luck to you, best of luck to the team, and uh, you're doing so many great things to make the Northern Tier League proud. And, uh, you know, we're definitely enjoying taking this journey with you, even if we're not there in the gym we're there in spirit 
Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that so much. And, and thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Always happy to talk with head coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Mountaineer volleyball team. Uh, she's such a great interview and definitely going to make sure uh, we get her back on the podcast uh, coming up at a later time. But we are going to stick with the volleyball theme here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. I just got a message from head coach Sheila Wesneski of the Canton Warriors. So we'll talk with her and uh, find out what she's feeling like after the Canton Warriors defeat Mount Calvary Christian in the state playoffs for volleyball and they look ahead to a quarterfinal round matchup as well coming up later this week. So Coach Wesneski's on deck. We'll talk with her after this quick timeout here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. But first, let's get a quick message from our friends at Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Glad to be joined now by the head coach of the Canton Lady Warrior Volleyball Team, Sheila Westeski, making her first appearance here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And uh, coach, first, uh, congratulations on the district championship and, of course, uh, the big win over Mount Calvary Christian to get the state playoffs going. It's a good time to be a warrior. I agree. <laughs> Thanks. So, coach, you know, kind of put me inside your mind uh, as the state playoff game is, is going underway here. Uh, your team comes out uh, like a house of fire. You get that first game in, and then, of course, you know, Mount Calvary Christian comes back. They win game two. Uh, what's the message to the team uh, to keep them motivated uh, in last night's ball game to be able to pull out that win? Basically, I looked at them and said, you need to play as a team to win. We need to We need to go out there and be hungry go out there and play with everything we have. Don't play safe. You need to play aggressive. We need to get rid of attitudes, help each other, encouragement. All of those things need to come together in order to win. So as you uh, watch this matchup unfold last night, uh, obviously, you know, the Lady Warriors propel themselves uh, to victory as you get the three games to one uh, win last night. And then, of course, uh, you know, what's the what's the postgame message to the team after to, you know, uh, help them uh, enjoy this uh, this success and this win uh, from this state playoff uh, victory? Basically, it was it was like I told them, great job not giving up. They stayed with the fight. When the score was so close to the third and fourth, um, and I said, "Way to keep, way to keep fighting for it and staying calm and being resilient, being able to come together, pick it up, and go after it." Um, and basically, a lot of them, it was a hurdle because, like I said, there's a few of them that have been this was their third one so they were they wanted to get over that they one of their goals was to try to at least win that first round of state because they had been so close they'd been there they wanted to finally win it um and most of them didn't like how they felt last year 
because basically the only new player that I have on the court is Jelani Hartford, a freshman. All the others played last year in our our first round of states. So now you turn the page, and it's time for the quarterfinal round of the state playoffs. And, of course, you're going to take on District 5 champion Berlin Brothers Valley. That comes up on Saturday. You and uh, the Lady Warriors will actually make the trip to Belfont uh, for a 1 o'clock uh, showdown with Berlin Brothers. But, uh, you know, now the question becomes, what goes into Coach Wesneski preparation time? I mean, what... What do you have to do now to make sure this team is ready to go for Berlin Brothers? We just stay stay the course. I mean, we have to continue to work on the basics, work on those teamwork, um, the energy. Make sure you, they want they need to be hungry for it. They want to win. Um, it doesn't matter who. Like I can go out and I can look and see what that team is like, but we have to play our game and we have to be at the top of our game. We cannot afford little mistakes. Not, I don't call them like, I say to them, you, we can't afford the mistakes. I didn't say aggressive mistakes. Aggressive mistakes are where we learn and we go. When you make safe mistakes, that's because you're, you're playing to not lose instead of playing to win. So it's like I look at them and I say, we need to continue with the basics. We have to bring our game. No matter what team we we play, we have to play our best. Co- we cannot control everything else. Coach, I, I saw the photos from last night at Athens, and this Lady Warrior volleyball team, I think, has been blessed not only uh, with a great season, but also, you know, it takes some great fan support to really help energize a team and propel them to victory. And boy, does this Lady Warrior team have as great a fan base as uh, you could ever imagine or hope for. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, if it, our student section, I think, is the best. They have helped us when things don't, they can pull the girls up and motivate them to do things that they don't necessarily think that they can do. I mean, the support is phenomenal. I have, we have not had a student section this supportive probably in quite a few years. So now that you have, you know, the mission at hand uh, with Berlin Brothers coming up, uh, I want to quickly just uh, change uh, the kind of the scope here a little bit because uh, also uh, in this edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast, uh, a little bit earlier on, I had the opportunity uh, to talk with Coach Jen Nowry from North Penn Liberty, who, of course, you know, the Lady Mountains get their win last night in states uh, over uh, Holy Redeemer, kind of exercise some demons there. But also, you know, I had the opportunity to ask, Oscar, what does this mean just for NTL volleyball in general to see uh, their team and your team have success, some success? And, uh, you know, I kind of want to just ask you the same thing. I mean, in your opinion, what does this mean about Northern Tier League Volleyball uh, to have, you know, your program and their program uh, enjoying this success this year? I think it's so imperative because we, this sport is still growing in this area. The sport is still growing, and when you have teams that have success, it when kids are watching, younger kids are watching, 
they'll be more apt to say, hey, I want to continue. I want to do that, um, that type of thing. So for the sport to continue in this area, we need the success because that's what's going to continue. Coach, this seems uh, like a, a dream season for you and the Lady Warriors. And, of course, I know now uh, you've probably got a lot of preparation work to do uh, to get ready for this. But, uh, you know, it, it's just been uh, quite a thrill ride. I mean, have you actually had the opportunity yet to kind of just sit back, uh, relax, and, you know, maybe just take it in and enjoy it a little bit? I enjoy it when I see the girls. I get my enjoyment from watching my players have that excitement and the good things that happen so it's like I have it's not about me I just enjoy it when they do well and when they when good things happen to them and then it's like this is worth it this is worth it this is what I do it for is to see them have the success and the love of the game and it's like there's no words I can put into what I feel when I see it through through their actions and different things but I mean I'm spo- I'm very proud of them Coach, you have got to be one of, if not the longest tenured head coach in NTL volleyball right now. I mean, is, is that kind of the whole reason uh, what keeps you on the sidelines, you know, because you just enjoy seeing the success uh, of your teams season by season? I mean, uh, something's got to keep you there. I mean, is that definitely one of the inspirational factors for you? I would think. I, I don't. As long as I love the sport and I enjoy, I enjoy the girls. I enjoy my team. Um, I like to go to practice every day. Um, I like to spend time with them. Uh, when that goes, then I know it will be time to step away. When I start dreading, like, oh, it's time to go back to the gym. It's time to go to the practice. Then I know it'll be time to walk away. Um, but right now, I. I really enjoy going to the gym and seeing these girls and spending the time with them after school um, on the weekends to tournament. Um, I really enjoy my time with them. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. Remember, folks, you can follow the Northern Tier League on social media by following them on Facebook at Northern Tier League, of course, on Twitter as well at NTL Athletics. And remember, you can follow for scores and updates at ntlsports.com online as well. Shane Wolver here with you. It's the Northern Tier League Now podcast as we continue on here, of course, uh, just talk some District 4 and state volleyball a little bit ago. Now let's dive in to some pigskin here in District 4 as we get ready for some District 4 football action uh, this week. And uh, of course, you know, we'll recap a little bit of last week as well, but I cannot do that alone. For that, I must uh, tag in my good friend and sports journalist savant, as I like to say, Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette returning here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And Mitch, what clever line do you have for me this time around? I mean, I don't know if I'd call us good friends, but you know, friends... That's that's good enough. 
All right. You know, hey, in this business, I'll gladly take, you know, just friends. That's fine and dandy, you know, as we go along. But, uh, Mitch, man, it has been uh, quite the interesting week here in District 4 football. Uh, Mitch, you know, the whole District 4 playoff scene seemed to go uh, a little haywire uh, right in the opening week. And, uh, you know, with uh, the whole Bloomsburg situation. But, you know, now that we've kind of uh, looked past that, you know, we're in the second round now. Uh, just kind of a, a recap on the whole thing. Do you think a situation like we had with Bloomsburg last week maybe uh, has the powers that be in District 4 sit down a little bit in the offseason and say, hey, look, we might need to come up with a plan B going forward just so we don't run into this type of situation again? Well, I don't think it's what happened at Bloomsburg that, that should worry them or, or make them rethink things. I think it's the fact that you have two and eight teams and three and seven teams qualifying for your district tournament that should maybe rethink them. And, and this was something, you know, Chris Massey and I talked about on our, our uh, Sunday Zet uh, football podcast last week as we explored kind of the Bloomsburg situation and went through what happened there. We wondered if in double A and triple A, if maybe it isn't time to start considering a 16 playoff as opposed to a 14 or a, a, an 18, just so you're kind of eliminating hopefully the possibilities of three and seven and two and eight teams in the postseason. It would also reward those one and two seeds with a buy in the first week. District uh, two does this in their, their triple A field, but that's because in part, they only have seven teams in their triple A field, so they can't have an eight, 18 tournament. Um, with there being, I think, 10 in double A in district four and, and 11 in triple A, I don't think it would be such a bad idea to at least explore the idea of a 16 tournament. I don't know if coaches would want to buy. Um, I'm sure you get different answers from all of them, but you know, it's it's time to start looking at things a little differently, uh, I think, because I think we're only going to see more uh, of what happened with Bloomsburg because this is a small school district. Um, that That's what it's always been and it's what it's always going to be. And you're going to run into that war of attrition, um, I think, more often than not in the years to come. That was such a crazy scenario. Uh, you know, last week on the NTL Now podcast, I mean, I had my opinions about it. And then, of course, uh, you know, you find out later in the week uh, more involved with the story. And, of course, you know, you and Chris do a great job uh, with your research for the Sun Gazette podcast. So, you know, it's always good to get to all sides of the story, you know. And more of my complaint was, you know, the fact was if you're going to give, I guess, uh, you know, I know it was a forfeit win, but if you're going to give the buy, uh, uh, I guess, you know, my thought was the, the top seed should have gotten the bye. But, I mean, that's that's for another day, another time, and everything else. But, you know what, the the 16 playoff, that uh, sounds something interesting. I'll be interested to see if uh, some of the folks out there are uh, heeding your words, Mitch. Uh, maybe that'll be something we see down the line. Uh, if people are going to start listening to me and taking suggestions from me, we're screwed. Uh, in, in, all, in all sense of the word. I mean, that's that's not a good idea. I mean, like once every three or four years, I come up with a good idea. So let's not follow me on that one. It was just a thought that I had. But I don't think you're wrong about the idea of, you know, Southern Columbia should have gotten the buy. The problem with that was, and, and, and from talking to the people at Bloomsburg, they said one of their only regrets about the whole situation was their decision wasn't made sooner. 
so that they could adjust the brackets and, and maybe even bring Wyalusing into the tournament as the eighth seed and, and bump some teams up, you know. So I don't think I, – I absolutely think you're right in saying – it would have been nice if they could have done that, but the decision was made a little too late. And, and I think that's the, the only regret everybody involved has is that they didn't do it soon enough that they could make that adjustment. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get to some football that was actually played. And uh, last Friday night, of course, you made the trek up to the northern tier because obviously, you know, Chris Massey's not going to leave Lycoming County uh, before a, uh, a Saturday game can be played. So you were uh, the, the A unit that was uh, sent to Miller A. Moyer Field last Friday night. It was Canton. It was South Williamsport. And, uh, you know, the, the Canton Warriors, South Williamsport Mountaineers, they battle for three quarters. Mitch, we were scoreless after three quarters, and then we get a 31-point explosion in the fourth quarter. What was going through your mind on the sidelines watching this unfold? Number one, I, I was irritated because at nothing, nothing through three quarters, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be 7 nothing, maybe 14-7 or something like that, and I'm going to get out of here real early, and I can drive back to the office. And uh, with 31 points, I wasn't able to do that, so I had to sit in my car in the parking lot. And, and write my story. Um, so that's kind of what was going through my head because my thoughts are always a little different. But um, it was unbelievable, Shane, and you were there. And, I, I, you know, I was listening to you, as I told you, um, during the game, listening to your call. It was it was a little surreal to just watch it all unfold. Like, how, after such a really good defensive battle, does this happen? And it was just a, a confluence of a lot of things. Um, that happened. You know, you get one great play there at the start of the fourth quarter for a touchdown. You get a kickoff return for a touchdown, which always kind of exacerbates problems a little bit. You get an 80 plus yard touchdown or, or 79, whatever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, touchdown pass. And it just didn't seem like the same game. It was like we played a completely different game for that fourth quarter, but it was. I'll tell you this, it was entertaining to watch. Even the first three quarters without a, a point being scored, it was entertaining to watch. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, even at nothing, nothing, there was going to be a lot for me to write about uh, in, in telling the story of that game. It, it was a fun football game to watch. Interestingly enough, and I want to propose this to you because, you know, you were there, and uh, I'm curious if this was going to be, you know, a part of your story notes for this. I am of the belief that the Canton defense won that game in the first half and took the air out of South Williamsport with those early goal line stands. Let's be real. South Williamsport had probably, what, three opportunities, I think, in the first half to really put Canton on the ropes, put them behind the eight ball, and get themselves comfortably ahead in that ball game. And the Canton defense just stymied them inside the red zone on Friday. You are, you know, Shane, I don't say this a whole lot, but you are absolutely right uh, about what you said there. And, and uh, I think if South Williamsport scores on those two red zone opportunities, in the first quarter, I think the game's over there. Um, because let's look at what got Canton back into the game into the second half. They came out instead of spreading it out. They got back to some of their traditional eye formation kind of stuff and ran the ball for good chunks. And those chunks eventually then opened up some of the passing lanes where uh, Uriah Bailey wasn't throwing into traffic as much and he was throwing to some more open receivers because they had to respect the running game. If Canton is down... 13 nothing, 14 nothing, even 10 nothing. at that point, they're playing catch-up the whole time, and they never get back to that running game uh, probably, and, and, and their offense doesn't open up 
the way it did. So I think you are you're absolutely right that that game was won with those two stops in uh, in the first half. And you know another interesting fact as well. You know, and you bring up Canton going back uh, to the I formation, sort of playing a little more power run. That has not been Canton's forte at all this season. I mean, you talk with Chris Massey. You know, the games he's seen, Canton has been for the majority in the spread. And I think what you know kind of stood out to me and uh, my partner Bobby Baker in the booth, and we've probably even mentioned this a couple times in the broadcast, was Canton came out in the second half and they basically beat South Williamsport doing what South Williamsport sport likes to do and that was kind of the surreal part of it for me yeah and and that's that's multiple times now i've seen it in the playoffs over the years uh is teams going to south williamsport what what south williamsport generally does to them and it's generally why uh when it's come to close games in the postseason i've always sided on the side of south williamsport because they are so good at doing what they do. What they do is not very difficult to pick apart. It's very basic in what they do, but they do it so well and they just grind out yards and they grind out clock. And all of a sudden you're left with four minutes left. You're trailing by two scores and you don't know what hit you. And that's what happened to South Williamsport on this time. The Canton was able to knock some time off the clock. They got a, you know, one big task that they needed on that fourth down play. They got the kick return. But they were able to just keep the ball away from South Williamsport. I mean, uh, you look at Luke Winter, he had about 103 rushing yards in the first half. He only had about 30, 35 yards in the second half. He just didn't have the opportunities. So it's just crazy to think, you know, where we are now as we set up yet again for the second year in a row, a District 4 Class A final with Canton hosting Muncie. Of course, Muncie came up here last year, defeated Canton uh, 9-7, to took home the district uh, championship, and now this year Muncie's going to have to make that trip again. And, of course, don't forget, you know, they had their hands uh, full last Friday night as well. They had to avenge uh, a, an earlier season loss to Sayre, and Muncie goes to the Lockhart Street Bowl. They get the 26-20 victory. You know, saw some clips of that game on film. Muncie just doing what they do. They played solid enough and good enough to get the victory. They got a couple of late interceptions off of uh, Sayers, Braden, Horton. But still, I mean, that's a credit to Muncie. Uh, I don't think for people who really know about this program, they're just so solid and they just stay so basic and fundamental. Yeah, and, and this team this year particularly has been interesting. I mean, if we go back to week one of the season, they lost 35-6 to to Warrior Run. Now, we knew they had lost some some really good and really key pieces off that football team, and, and Ty Nixon um, had a knee injury. He never came out for football uh, this year. And uh, like you just didn't know what this team was. And then all of a sudden they, they found uh, they, they found some, uh, you know, confidence, I guess, in their offense and, and what they were doing. Ethan Gush started running the ball really well for them. Um, the, the, the freshmen, the higher cousins, uh, found a connection in the passing game. And uh, all of a sudden you're looking and, and like you say, here we are, Muncie's back in the district final. Again, this might be the best coaching job that, that head coach Sean Tetro has done in, in his time at Muncie. And, and that's talking about a guy who's won back-to-back district championships because he found a way to take this team from – the 35 to six loss to warrior run and improved warrior run team in week one 
to avenging that loss to a pretty good Sare team and getting back into the district championship. I mean, it's, I wouldn't blame people who wrote them off about week four or week five, but, and then all of a sudden you're looking at them in week eight, week nine and 10 and go, well, where did this come from? You know, cause that's, that's kind of the season that Muncie has had. So now, you know, the Canton Warriors obviously get ready to host this game again, uh, scheduled for Friday night. I only say weather permitting because you never know what could come between uh, now and then. But, uh, you know, I don't know. if Did you have an opportunity to talk with Coach Seacrest last Friday night? Because, uh, I did, yes. Okay, because Coach Seacrest all season long has preached to his team uh, the message has been humble and hungry. He's wanted his team to stay humble all season long, but stay hungry uh, to kind of avenge what uh, you know left a sour taste in their mouth uh, going out uh, into this season. So, I mean, kind of talk about uh, you know some of your uh, impressions uh, from talking with Coach Seacrest and how this Warrior team seems. So, so the first thing that I brought up to Coach Seacrest was the, you know the only other time I covered Canton this year was that Wellsboro game um, that I think you were at as well. Um, and, and, and you want to talk about the humble part of that, that, that game brought the humility back to Canton. They were undefeated and, and, and they just got whooped that night. You know, they, they did not play well at all, uh, on in either facet of the game. They, they just did not play well. And I think maybe that re-energized them a little bit. They had a much better effort against Troy in week 10 that I think probably left them feeling pretty good about where they were, um, I see that. I see what you, you're talking about, the, the humble and, and hungry part. They have to be hungry because they they came short of their goal last year. You know, they, they didn't reach the goal that they wanted. And I, and I see the humble part because, you know, they understood that if they don't play well, what happened to them at Wellsboro is capable of happening, happening to them against South Williamsport or Muncie or Sarah or whoever else they, they play in this field, you know. So I think the kids and I think the team is really bought in to that idea and and it shows in the way they play so this is the rematch now with Canton and Muncie Canton obviously went to Muncie earlier this season they came away victorious now you know Muncie's looking for revenge they're looking to defend their district title uh coming up on Friday night uh, as we sit here and speak uh for Canton you know Mitch uh, you had a first-hand look at uh, how they can adjust uh, coming into this matchup, I mean, is it fair to say that if Canton is playing at their highest level, they are just so hard to stop? They really are because Uriah Bailey gives you a, a different a, a different dimension to the offense that, that not everybody can. I mean, he throws the ball so well, and, and Ben Knapp talked about it after the game last week, the you know, the touchdown he catches on fourth and 19 on the first play of the fourth quarter. He goes, that was a way better throw than it ever was a catch. He goes, it hit me in the chest. All I had to do was not drop it, you know. And then on top of that, he gives you so much in the run game as well. And that's another player that you have to account for as a defense. I mean, this is from, from covering college football over the years. This is something coaches bring up a lot. An offense that's willing to run the quarterback gives you more problems because if you're not running the quarterback, you're essentially playing offense 10 on 11 because the quarterbacks are non-factor on running plays. And if you're handing the ball off, you're essentially playing nine on 11 because the, the running back who's carrying the ball isn't going to block for himself. So when you're willing to run the quarterback, that, 
seconds back to 10 on 11 again. And, and, and one of your best athletes has the ball in their hand, you know? So when that op- offense is at kind of optimum levels, it's really tough to stop. And, you know, Ben Knapp gets a lot of the pub for what he does in the past game. I really like Cooper Kitchen and, and what he's done in, in the couple times I've seen them. And, and he gives them something else that you got to worry about. I'm a big fan of Carson Steiner and just the way he plays the game and his physicality in general on both sides of the ball, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I do think if, if they're running at peak efficiency, that they're really difficult to beat, Shane. The interesting part of that whole thing, Mitch, is that you know you bring up Carson Steiner and, and his both sides of the ball uh, comment. I think the Warrior defense is uh, what's really going to win this game for him. I think you know maybe the last part of the season, uh, the defense has really been counted on, you know, to try and uh, keep this team in some ball games. And this team, you know, they're they're battle tested, and I think they're really playing uh, with a lot of high momentum, uh, especially coming in and uh, you know proving that you know they can play against bigger teams and uh, keep them down if they have to. Yeah, they, they really are. You know, they have some athleticism in the secondary. They're tough and physical up front, which is, you know, when you get around Thanksgiving, that's where you win games in Pennsylvania is being tough and physical up front. Uh, I really like what Garrett Storch has done this year, and, and, and he's, uh, I think, been a, a really important piece on that defense. I talked about the physicality with which Carson Steiner plays, which is – I like, and he moves so well, and he reads plays so well. And if they can control things up front, if they can get to the quarterback and, and pressure the quarterback, get the quarterback off his spot a little bit, they've got a really good chance to make some plays defensively and, and cause some turnovers as well. All right, well, sticking with uh, Northern Tier League action because, you know, I know the North Penn Mansfield Panthers, you know, they're a team also uh, in your coverage area. You know, I don't know if you've seen the Panthers, but, you know, they're at least in your coverage area. You've talked about them on the podcast. Uh, Another tough task, uh, you know, for them in front of them. Last week, you know, they avenged the loss to Wellsboro. They get that win in the the, uh, quarterfinals. Now it's off to Southern Columbia, you know, a trip nobody envies at all. And uh, they've got to take on now uh, this Southern Columbia team. But if there's one good thing I think about North Penn making this trip is, you know what, they were there last year. They've seen this. They won't come in intimidated. But still, uh, as you said, Southern Columbia is just a whole other animal. They really are. And, you know, I got the chance to see Southern uh, a couple weeks ago when they came up and played Montoursville. And, uh, you know, I've seen the Southern team the last few years. Generally, when we get into the state playoffs and we have one team left or no team left, I'll, I'll take a Friday or Saturday off just to go watch Southern in the state tournament. And uh, I know Jim Roth well enough. He doesn't mind if I stand on the sideline during a game. So I've seen them up close. And they were good. I mean, they were, they were really – they're state champions for a reason. But seeing them this year, they are a different animal. I mean, it is it is – it is the best high school football team I've ever covered, and I've been doing this 20 years, and, and I've covered, I don't I can't even count how many state championship teams I've covered uh, in that time. Um, they, are, they are so good. And, like, I'm at a loss for words trying to describe it. You just got to see it up close and, and in person to understand how much head and shoulders better they are than everybody else. I mean, in back-to-back weeks against – Wyoming area and uh, uh, Montoursville, they won by, by a combined 76 to nothing. And those are two teams that are currently, I think, ranked in the top four or six in the state in AAA. So 
yeah, North Penn does have it going for them that they've been there before and, and they understand what they're up against and they're probably not going to be intimidated. But if we're going to be honest about it, that doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't because Southern Columbia's talent is just better than everybody else's talent. You know, somebody asked me this week how many of the classes I think they would win in the state. I said, I think they're the favorites in 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A, and they're a favorite to make the final in 5A, and I think they can play with a St. Joe's Prep or a Pittsburgh Central Catholic in 6A. I don't know if they win it, but I think they'd be in it. And uh, when, when you're talking about that kind of team, it's just it's a whole different animal, Shane. It really is. I mean, you know, but for for the most part, though, I mean, just what a great season it's been, though, for the North Penn Mansfield Panthers, given the fact that, you know, what they've had to overcome this year, you know, talking with Coach Dickinson at the beginning of the year, he knew this was going to be a challenging season, you know, and for them to, you know, find themselves in the district playoffs, uh, get that win over Wellsboro, and now advance on to this quarterfinal round matchup. I mean, I got to think he's at least beaming uh, with some great smiles and, uh, you know, some good, uh, you know, confidence in him his team, you know, just for the season that they've had thus far. Absolutely. And he should be absolutely ecstatic about what they did last week. I mean, that's, that's the, the crowning jewel of their season, I think is uh, reversing that the result from week 10 and, and beating a pretty good Wellsboro team, excuse me, um, last week in the first round of the playoffs. Number two, he found his quarterback, you know, and that is so important. You're, you're a huge football fan, Shane, you know how important it is to have a quarterback and, and he found his and moving forward, that's that's going to be a great thing. You know, the thing that made North Penn so tough over the years is the stability they had in the quarterback position with, you know, the, the, the five or 600 Burleys that came through to, to play that position for him. And, um, you know, to, to know that that position is taken care of uh, and you can kind of build your offense around that and what you want to do and knowing how he likes to play, this season is, is an absolute success. North Penn because they knew it was going to be a rough season, but they were competitive. They won some big games. They won a playoff game. And now you've got nothing to lose when you go down to Elysburg and play Southern Columbia. You should be able to play free and easy. And regardless of the outcome, you can feel good about what you did this season. And, of course, you know, the final matchup uh, for the Northern Tier League uh, this week will actually be Saturday night as well. You know, North Penn Mansfield will play at Southern on Saturday night. But, uh, you know, you've got Troy, the number two seed, kind of that team that, uh, you know, broke up the little one-two party that Southern and Mount Carmel were having at the top. Uh, they're actually going to be at home hosting the third-seeded Mount Carmel Red Tornadoes. Uh, you've got a very well-rested Mount Carmel team uh, after uh, taking that forfeit win last week over Bloomsburg, Troy, defeating what I thought was a much better than a 3-7 and seven record Line Mountain team. But, uh, you know, for Troy, their season really started with that big win over Bald Eagle area. And then, of course, you know, Mount Carmel, always one of those traditional powers here in Pennsylvania. They are. And, and what concerns me for Troy about this matchup is I think it's a, it's a very tough matchup for them. Obviously, the way they want to play is physical, run the ball offensively, and, and that's exactly what Mount Carmel is bred to do. That's what football players are bred to do in Mount Carmel is to be tough, to be physical, uh, and, and play that, that red death defense that they like to say down there in Mount Carmel. So I think this is a tough matchup for Troy, but they do what they do so well. And, and the fact that they've got 2,000-yard rushers on the team now and Damian Landon and and Caleb Binford, that's huge for them. 
Um, Dominic Ayers, I think, is just under 500 yards as a quarterback. And they're, they're going to have to do some things off of that. I think they're going to have to hit some some kind of play-action stuff. They don't throw the ball a whole lot. I mean, Dominic Ayers has as, as many attempts as uh, Mount Carmel quarterback Tommy Reisinger has uh, completions this year. You know, So that's where you see kind of the disparity between the two. Um, but you know with the Cole Region team, you're going to get big, you're going to get tough, and you're going to get physical. So I think the matchup could be problematic for Troy, but if there's anybody who can fight through it, it's Troy because they do what they do so well. I think that's a very interesting point you bring up about the Trojans and uh, what I love them. What I love about them, I should say, is you know they do stick to their bread and to their butter. You know they they love to pound the ball. And I think an interesting fact here, and I don't know you know how much Mount Carmel has seen of Troy. I mean, I know some coaches were there on Saturday uh, scouting their game with Line Mountain, but Troy is one of the bigger, more physical teams up front, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I think they can give Mount Carmel all they want on Saturday yeah and and that's the reason you know I talked about um you know if there's anybody that's going to give them out Carmel team fits it'll be a team like Troy who does what they do so well you know talking to Ben Knapp last week who's a a large human being of himself I mean 6'5 230 pounds and he talked about he got his butt kicked against Troy because going up against I can't remember who the lineman was he said he was like you know I they're they're just big they're physical they're tough and, uh, you know, so that's that's what pauses me to say that this game will go the way I think most people are going to pick Mount Carmel to win this game. And, and I'm probably going to pick Mount Carmel to win this game, too. But that's what leads me to believe it could be closer. I don't know how many uh, teams like this Mount Carmel has seen. I mean, they played Southern, obviously. They played North Schuylkill, uh, who's a, a very much a run-based team as well. Um you know, so it's an it's an interesting matchup. It, it really is because, unlike you, you've seen a lot of Troy this year. I haven't seen any of Troy this year, and for me, it's a lot of unknown uh, of just how good they are, just how capable they are uh, against a really quality program like Mount Carmel. What I love about this matchup, and I'm going to bring it back uh, to the same thing I just said about North Penn Mansfield, you have two teams, uh, one in Mount Carmel who's already played Southern this year. Troy, they went to Southern last year uh, in the district playoffs. So what what I think you're going to see here is two teams who aren't scared to make that trip to Elysburg and two teams who I think are just going to get after it because, you know what, they know they have to play Southern. They don't care. They still want the prestige of playing in the district final. Listen, I, I screamed it from the hills last year, and I'll, I'll scream it till the day I retired. I still believe Mount Carmel was the second-best double-A team in the state last year, and, and nobody talks about them because they couldn't get out of their own district because they had to play Southern Columbia. I think they're really, really good again this year. Uh, on the flip side, I think Troy is really, really good. That week one game was an eye-opener in, in understanding just how uh, good and they are and, and what they're capable of. And they've done nothing to make you think throughout the course of this season that they're not going to continue to do that. Maybe a little pause because you, you probably expected a little bigger margin against Lyme Mountain last week and, and maybe a little bigger margin against Canton, but they still ran for like 300 yards or something against Canton. This is a this is a really good Troy team and this is going to be our best opportunity to see just how good they are. Hey, a little history note for you. Uh back a few years ago when Troy won their district championship, 
Mount Carmel was the first team that Troy defeated at Alperon Park on that run. That so I talk, tell people all the time about Jed Wright, who was the quarterback of that Troy team, because I saw them. If it wasn't that year, it was the year before when they played Loyal Sock and Kyle Datris, and and it was a, a, just a fantastic offensive game. Jed Wright was a, a magician with the football in his hands, and the way he ran that option offense was better than I've ever seen any high school quarterback run an option offense. And that Troy team was so much fun to watch because, of, again, I, I've said it so many times, what they did, they did it so incredibly well. That team was a lot of fun. Hey, I'll tell you what, sometimes, you know, history uh, can repeat itself. And if you're the Troy Trojan fan base and the Troy Trojan football team, you're definitely hoping for that uh, coming up on Saturday. But yes, going to be a great competitive matchup and looking forward to that one for sure uh, coming up on Saturday night. But as we have uh, completed our round trip of District 4 football, uh, Mitch, I want to thank uh, or want to take some time rather as uh, apparently I'm just uh, nervous with your presence around here. I can't speak clearly for some reason. But no, I want to. I, I, uh, <laughs> I want to take some time and uh, just tell you, you know what, man? Thank you. I know you've probably got a busy night in the office, and uh, thanks again for taking some time here to join me on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. My pleasure, Shane. Anytime you need me, I'm happy to come on. And there you have it, your District 4 football preview for this week. Uh, again, want to thank Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette for stopping by and helping me with that. All right, quickly, let's recap this week's matchup. Saturday night, 7 o'clock, North Penn Mansfield will be at Southern Columbia. And our Wiggle 100 games of the week this week, I'll have the call of both. Friday night, it's the Canton Warriors and Muncie Indians, the District 4 Class A Championship. And then Saturday night, of course, it will be the Troy Trojans hosting Mount Carmel. That'll be the District 4 AA semifinal. And as I said, I'll have the call of both of those on Wiggle 100. My good buddy Bobby Baker will be along for both of those matchups as well. And again, want to thank both volleyball coaches from North Penn Liberty, Jennifer Nowry and Canton Sheila Wesneski for stopping by and talking with me here this week on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Again, the Canton Warriors off to Belfont High School Saturday. They will take on Berlin Brothers Valley High School at 1 o'clock, while the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers will head to Shemokin High School when they will take on Panther Valley on Saturday. That game also 1 o'clock as well. Good luck to both the Warriors and the Mounties and bring home some victories here for the Northern Tier League. All right, so that will do it for another week of the NTL Now podcast. Folks, again, want to thank you all for tuning in for this great edition. And, of course, tune in next week for another great episode. I'm Shane Wilbur, Joe Carrion. He'll be back next week to join me for another great edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Folks, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. As always, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.